Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll take a break from our verse-by-verse teaching to be in the book of Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. The title of this sermon is, I am your God, I will uphold you. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. But you need to know that you serve an all-knowing God who has a hope for you, who has the knowledge and and, and is saying, look, I, I know you're dismayed, but I have the rest of the story. I have the rest of the story. Just trust me. That's why when, when we look at that, it's, it's easy to be dismayed and, and hurt when we're grieving, when we're struggling with pain and suffering and trials and emotions. And can I tell you, probably the best thing that you could do for somebody is just be a great listener. And that is the hardest thing. So women, please get this. That is the hardest thing for men to do because we, when things happen, we want to fix it. We start looking at why wasn't I here or why wasn't I there or why couldn't I have been? What if I would have just did this? And that's what men do. But you don't have the answers, men. God does. So what we need to be is good listeners. Be willing to sit and listen and pray. That's what Tony was. Tony was a great listener. Great observer. He, he observed stuff and listened. And, but that's what we should be. You need to allow people to have their, and, and, and that's the other thing. Everybody grieves differently. Just because six months from now you've moved on and you're able to continue and get going again doesn't mean that other person can do that. You have to give each person their time of grief and mourning. That's why it tells us, I love that Jesus covered this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn. Why? For they shall be comforted. Jesus knew that death was a real thing that we were going to have to deal with. But he's saying, look, when you mourn, you will be comforted. And that's what the church's responsibility is. That's what our our call is to do, is is to understand, like, there are going to be a ton of people here next week. But guess what's going to happen the next Sunday? Back to California they go. And this is where the church has to step in and be there. Remember I told y'all what discipleship was? When you're taught, you learn Christ, right? Is you're walking life with people. And sometimes walking life is really hard. Especially when they lose a husband, a father, and a son. So why am I not dismayed? Because I know who my God is. We have to trust who God is in our lives and in our time of, of trial and suffering and, and tribulation. Because... 
if he is my God, my God is with me and my God will comfort me. My God will strengthen me and my, when I cry out for help, my God will help me. Because it, he, I, I love that, be not dismayed for I am your God. And he uses the I am statements, right? We have the I am, I am going back to Exodus. Who do you tell them to say he sent me? I am, I am. And we see that, that Jesus confirms that he is the son of God through those I am statements in the book of John. I am the bread of life in John 6, 35. I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. I am the door in John 10, 9. I am the good shepherd. And boy, do you need to hear his voice today. In John 10, 11 and, for, and verse 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. I am the vine in John 15, verses 1 and 5. And then finally, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus asked that question in John chapter 11, verses 25 through 26. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And he who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because when I read that, I know Tony died. And can I tell you something? That what, what every man, I, I pray, oh, sweet Lord, I pray that every man's caught this way. He died with his work boots on. He was working to support his family. He served here on Sunday and went to work on Monday. And he died with those boots on. And he died. But no, he's alive. I believe what it says that that he shall never die. His soul has gone on into heaven. He's, he's, he's done with the, the sanctification. He's in glorification. He's with God. Now, Tony wants you to believe that. Because that's what Tony believed. He believed in Jesus Christ. He believed that Jesus Christ was the only way. The only way that your sins could be forgiven. That The only way that you could be uh, brought to God. And you weren't separated from your sin. From God. He believed that the kingdom of God is at hand and repent, repent. And he gave his heart to Christ. And Tony lived that. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. His earthly body gave up, but not his soul. Well done, good and faithful servant. The only thing I kept thinking, man, as I looked at those boots is I was like, man, what an awesome thing to be doing what God has called a man to do, which is to work and support his family. And that's what his last thing was on this earth. He died with his boots on. That'll be an image that sticks with me for a long time. And though he died, he shall live. Tony trusted the living son, Jesus Christ. That question, am I your God, is personal to you. Am I your God? If he is your God, is he with you in the deepest, darkest valley of the shadow of death? Yes. We see the assurance of his power. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. You see his omnipotence, his all-powerful, unlimiting power of God. Nothing's too hard for God. In Romans chapter 11, verse 36, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. For of him, through him, and to him are all things, even this. And you go, man, that's real, like, 
like God cares about this? Yes. He's present in all of our lives. He's all-powerful. He knows. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. In Mark chapter 14, verse 36, And He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you to take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. In Matthew 19, 26, With, with God all things are possible. And Psalm 115, verse 3 says, But our God is in heaven. He does what He pleases. Now, I'm sure some of you hear that verse and go, Well, wait a minute. But again, is it personal? Is He your God? Because it's God who's all-powerful. It's God who has everything measured out in the palm of His hand. It's God that provides the help that we need. Even when David was, was at a time of great distress and his 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 army was ready to kill him, to stone him to death because they had taken their sons and daughters and wives hostage. And they're looking at David like, we're going to stone you, bro. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, it says, And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in their soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. We find strength in our Lord. David actually strengthen himself and the only way you can do this is by having God's word stored on your heart by your relationship with God and I told them this Wednesday I watched this verse on Monday be lived out I watched that person go from scripture to scripture to scripture as they are crying trying to strengthen themselves in the Lord and I will never forget that because that is something that I, I've read about many times in Scripture. But now I've seen it lived out. And I had to ask myself that question. Do I have that type of Scripture on my heart when I'm in the deepest, darkest valley? Can I strengthen myself in the Lord when you don't have these things? And you can't Google, do you have it stored here in your time of need? We find strength in God. In Psalm 84, verse 5, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you and in, those, and in whose heart are in the, the highways to Zion. Our strength is in God. As, even as David has, has lost his child, and he was fasting, and he was asking God. It was his sin that caused it, but he's like, Lord, please, if there's any way. And he doesn't get the answer he wants. And he loses his child and my grandmother always said the hardest death that she's ever been through is the loss of a child and if you think about it if you if you lose a husband or, or a wife you're a what a widow if you lose your parents you're an orphan but if you lose a child what are you there's no word for it there's no word for it and my grandmother didn't only lose her babies that were miscarriage but she lost adult children and tony's mom is dealing with that right now and so she needs prayer she needs prayer david as he struggles with this in second samuel chapter 12 verse 20 it says so david arose from the ground washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes and he went into the house of the lord and worshiped then he went to his own house and he requested that he had set food before him and ate. 
Now, why that last bit of verse is in there is because David had been fasting, fasting to try to save his child, thinking that that would save his child. But David, when he goes to the house of the Lord, he goes to the presence of the temple, which would have been the ark and the tent. He just needed to be in the presence of God. He just needed to be at church, if you would say. That's where they would have ran at the time. And, and to think when you're going through something so devastating, it's all you can do. Because as I read that verse, and I, I'm like, he, he, he arose from the ground and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. Do you understand how hard that is for somebody when they are in mourning? Just to get up, just to get moving, just to get going. When you're going through a trial, when you're going through a tribulation, when you're going through an illness, when you're going through something heavy, how hard it is just to get up and just to get moving. I was brand new in the church. I was probably only in the church serving for maybe three months. And I remember being at the church setting up sound on a Wednesday night, trying to get everything turned on and ready. And a young couple came into the church. And I remember the wailing from the mom. And I knew something wasn't right. And Joe and, and uh, them came in and they sat with him and prayed with them. And what blew me away through all of that is they stayed for worship. They stayed to hear the word of God. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I could have done that. They just wanted to be with God. And for them, that was church. For them, that was the comfort of the word. For them, that was crying on somebody's shoulder for David that's what he needed now it may take some people a month two months three months before they can get back to it and it's okay we just have to pray for them and hope that they get back to that because understanding that it's not it's not us that are we're not strengthening ourselves. it's God it's God that's going to help you and strengthen you. It's not you. It's not you. You can muster yourself. Can I tell you, uh, me and Court have been through many of situations of combat where we've lost people that we loved, that we served with. And you know what the Army way and the Marine way is? The next day, you still have work to do because you're still in Iraq, and you're still trying to survive the day. And that's not the way to deal with grief or mourning. It has to come out. It has to, you have to be able to, 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 to be able to deal with that. Because if not, it gets bottled up. When you try to do it in your own strength, it bottle, you bottle it up. And next thing you know, you're addicted to pornography. You're drinking. You're, you're running the streets. Why do you think there's so many military people that are so jacked up? Because we were taught to bottle that stuff up. Just push it in. And that's not what we're supposed to do. As a Christian, you have God that strengthens you. And even in that strengthening, that means that you may be hurting, you may be crying, you may be mourning, and that's okay. Because He's going to help you. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And God shall supply all your need according to His riches and His glory by Christ Jesus. In Psalm 23, verses uh, 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters and he may have to put you beside some still waters for a period and it's okay it's okay but i love the the verse that you get in verse six surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all my days of my life 
Why? Because He is your God. He is your shepherd. And the last thing we see is His grace and His righteousness, which are two attributes of God. The assurance of His grace and righteousness. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, we've been going through the book of Ephesians and we've been learning about grace. And uh, one of the things we learned uh, recently when Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of of Christ's gift. And when I gave you all that verse, I gave you a verse that I thought was very important in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Write that verse down. Hebrews 4.16. That'll be one that you, you will need at this time. You find grace. His grace. God's grace is not just salvation. God's grace is something that is given daily for you. Daily. His mercies are new every day. His grace is given to you. His child. And he's saying whatever help that you need, it'll be there in your time of need. Just come to the throne of grace. Come to the throne of grace. It's, it's dispensed by, by God. And the other thing is his righteousness, his holiness, and his goodness. In Psalm 145, 17, it says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. Now I know if you're questioning the way that I question I'm going why well, how is this righteous like Lord why it's it's a reminder that that our heavenly father knows your needs do you not think that God the father knows the child's need he created you he created you you're his that's why when you look at the writings in in the new testament and you look at Peter Peter talked about a living hope and 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Peter would have went through mourning as if he, Christ has died. There's a period where, where in, in all of the disciples' heads, Christ died. They don't know that he's resurrected yet. And they're dealing with that grief in that mourning of this brother that they had spent three years with in close fellowship. And they had become family. But he says in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a living hope. Paul writes, and Paul was shipwrecked and dealt with death and, and disease and stoned to death and, and, and then comes back and preaches again in the city. But Paul even talks about that surpassing peace that surpasses all understanding. In, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, Be anxious for nothing but in everything, but, a, but prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report. If there is any virtue and if, uh, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things which you've learned and received and, and heard and saw in me. These do, and the peace of God will be with you. And John proclaimed as he writes, you know, you think about the book of Revelation and all that he went through as he was put on an island by himself in 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 12. 
And it says in this testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. And he who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. You either have Christ or you don't. And if you don't have Christ, your eternity is going to be spent somewhere else. It's not about heaven. Heaven is like a bonus. The thing that we have to understand is about our sin being forgiven, that we're separated from a holy God, that He sent His Son to die on the cross for our sins and was resurrection, resurrected. And He's saying, He who has the Son has life. I have life beyond this life. Do you? Do you believe that? Because I do. So yes, even though me and Tony were just getting to know each other, we have eternity to get to know each other even better. And as I clean your pools or cut your grass, we have time to get to know each other. But the main thing is, is it's not that we are in heaven so we can be with each other. The main thing is we're in heaven so we can be with our God. Our God who's all-knowing, our God who's, who's, whose omnipresence, is, His omnipotence, our God who's righteous, who's gracious, who's, we have that assurance of God. That's why he says, am I your God? Am I your God? And, and, and I, when I read these verses, I, I, the one thing I wrote down from this is, am I your God? Then I'm over you. If I'm your God, I'm by your side. If I'm your God, I will strengthen you. If I'm your God, I will help you in your greatest time of need. If I'm your God, I will uphold you. If I'm, if I'm your God, I'm over you, I'm by you, I'm for you, I'm around you, I'm underneath you. And if I have to carry you, I will carry you. So do not fear, because I am your God. There's a lot of things that you can get from this. Very personal. I am your God. I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will, upheld, I will help you and I will uphold you. How many times you see that the word I? Very personal. He's telling Isaiah this and he's telling you this. In Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's got you. He's got you. Go to God. Go to God. You're hurting? Go to God. You're in trial? Go to God. You're in turmoil? Go to God. You're in mourning? Go to God. Don't run from Him. Because if, he, if, he, if you're His child, your Father is there to help you. Your Father is there to help you. Next week, I know we're, we're, we've taken a break for two weeks through the book of Ephesians. And we are a verse by verse, chapter by chapter church. But next week we'll have to take a break. And then the following week we'll be back in Ephesians. So next week we'll, we'll, we'll have a, a teaching that will um, hopefully, because understand every time there's any funeral, there's always somebody who doesn't know Jesus and doesn't know who to run to. Are there, remember we talked about the futility of the mind, maybe they're a follower of Christ, but because of the futility of the mind, the darkened understanding, 
They've been separated from the life of God, the things of God, which are the Word of God, the prayer, fellowship, all those things, and they, they're taken over into sin. And guess what? That's what your prayer needs to be for this week coming up. You pray for the family, for Floor. Pray for the, the four daughters. Pray for Tony's mom and dad and the family, the brothers and sisters that are coming from California. Pray for the church family that's coming. Pray for our church family. But pray for those who do not have hope in this time of mourning. Because I know that Tony would want the Word of God to go out. Tony would want the gospel to go out. And, and the one song that was requested was the great I Am. Which was the one song that Tony picked in that chair last Sunday as we were putting the order together for worship. And I was like, maybe we'll do How the Lord Last. He goes, no, my, we need to do the great I Am. Because when that one's playing, man, that just puts you right for the word. And that was the one song that was requested by the family. And so, again, who do we run to? The great I am. Who do we cling to? The great I am. I am your God. I am your God. I hope this helps. You may not, like, you might have walked in and going, man, I didn't know any of this stuff was going on. But I was struggling with this other stuff. And hopefully this helped you. Cling to this verse. It's a great verse, Isaiah 41.10. Remember his attributes are within the verse. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 